as a child growing up, what kind of person did you want to become? What kind of identity did you want to grow into? You know, as children, we often, week to week, try on different identities. I know one week I wanted to, you know, be a, a scientist, right? And then the next week, I wanted to be a veterinarian. The next week, I wanted to be a ninja. Right? That, that one I actually kind of achieved. But, um, <laughs> uh, but you know, and then the following week, um, you know, professional skateboarder, the following week a lawyer, all, all sorts of things. But as a child, you, you think about how and, and what you'll become, your identity that you'll step into. And for some of those things, to really grow into that identity, you need a community, right? You need to go to college, you need to go to some sort of training where you others and help you to grow into that identity. Well, what about growing up as a Christian? What I mean is not if you were children and you, as a child you were a Christian and you grew up, but like right now, how do we grow? How do we mature as Christians? See, that's the subject of our scripture reading today, and what is it that we're supposed to grow into? What is it we're supposed to grow into? As we'll see uh, today in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16, we'll see that the goal of Christian living is to grow to be more and more Christ-like every day. Every day. So let's look. Now we're in this series in Ephesians, Ephesians uh, called Who Are You? And the book of Ephesians can really be divided into two parts. The last few weeks, what we've been in is Ephesians chapters 1 through 3. And in Ephesians chapter 1 through 3, the Apostle Paul is talking about what does it mean, what is the new identity that you've been given in Jesus? We talked about how he says as individuals, we were dead in our sins and in our trespasses, and then Christ made us alive. So we were um, uh, children of wrath, but we've become children of God. And then in, uh, as, a, as a community, that our identity has gone from, again, being separated from God to being citizens in God's kingdom, to being members of God's family, and being a part of the temple of God's presence. And in that new identity, as we step into that new identity, it's supposed to cause us to live differently. And that's what the second, or excuse me, that's what the last, the final, is a better way to say it, the final three chapters of the book of Ephesians is about. So the first half of Ephesians, chapters one through three, is about Paul just presenting that identity that we have in Christ. And then the final three chapters is about, all right, what does that look like? How do we actually do that? How do we step into that identity? And as we'll see uh, as today, the Apostle Paul talks about growing into all we were meant to be. Just like, again, as a child uh, receives an identity and they step into it, so too when we receive our new identity in Christ, we step in and grow into that identity. 
That's why in Ephesians chapter 4 and 1, we see that pivot. We see that pivot to application. It says, I therefore, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. So that therefore is, is there, and he's basically saying, you know, based on those first three chapters of Ephesians, right, therefore, based on your new identity in Christ, based on the greatness of Christ's love and our new identity as children of God and as temple of God's presence, well, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of that calling. I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of that new identity. Okay, now let's go to verse 2. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So here we see in verses 1 through 6, the apostle saying, I urge you to, to live a life worthy of that identity. And that charge to live in that new identity, it goes along, notice, with character qualities of humility, patience, and love. And, and many times in the Bible, when it's talking about spiritual maturity, it often talks about not how much Bible trivia do you know, uh, not what kind of rituals you perform. It's really about character. It's about growing in these character qualities that reflect the nature of God. So like humility and love. Also, when, uh, for instance, when the Bible talks about what to look for in mature Christian leaders, First Timothy chapter 3, when it talks about the qualifications of elders or uh, deacons, you know, it doesn't talk about, oh, can they do this, what abilities they have. You know what the qualifications focus on? Character. Character. Because that is the measure of spiritual maturity. It's not what you can do, it's who are you. And are you reflecting those character qualities of God? Are you growing into your identity? Are you reflecting Christ? in everything you do. And so Paul highlights these character qualities that lead into this next section on church unity and function. Well, that's interesting because we would expect that he would really go in on, all right, if you're going to walk in a manner worthy of your calling, we're expecting him to say, this is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do, and he does get to that. But first, he talks about these character qualities, but then he, he talks about stepping into your identity, not just as an individual Christian, but as a member of the body of Christ. And that makes sense, because what in chapters 2 and 3, that a part of your identity, yes, there's an individual identity, that you are dead and now you're alive in Christ, that the inner... Um, the spirit on the inner man is renewing you day by day, but then also that together we are a temple of the Holy Spirit, that together we are growing and being a, a, a part of this new people called to be um, in God's kingdom, and that these character qualities of being humble and, and bearing with one another in love and making every effort to keep the unity of the one spirit in one body, that's it makes sense, it all goes together. 
Because if we're growing in love, if we're growing in Christ-likeness, we are also going to grow together in unity. And it's clear that this one body and one spirit are part of the hope and the identity that these Christians were called to be a part of. And in fact, that unity helps proclaim our faith because if we believe in one God, well then we should be unified in our faith of him. If we uh, believe that Jesus is the only avenue to God, then our unity helps reflect that truth. And if we have that one baptism, it calls us to this one body, this unified body. And so it's instructed that when Paul pivots to application in Ephesians chapters 4 through 6, he starts with the idea of being unified with the body of Christ. That growing up to who we are meant to be, growing into identity, is closely tied with growing in to Christ's body, his church. And so as we pause to maybe think, all right, how does that apply to us? What's the application we can make with this? Well, um, this is kind of countercultural, but this is biblical. And that's, you, you can't live your life in accord with God's calling. You can't grow into your identity and all that Christ has called you to be apart from the local body. Right? Isn't, isn't that what this says? Isn't that what the, the Bible continually preaches? That a part of our identity is a collective identity. That if, if we truly want to grow into Christ, we can't do that apart from being connected to the local body. Christ calls each Christian to grow together in his body. And, and that makes sense because Christ... And Christ has called us okay? and, and called us to reflect him on earth. You know what? I can't do that by myself because there's certain qualities that I'm growing in. There's certain character qualities that I'm growing in, but I haven't arrived yet. There's certain things that I can't do, but yet Christ requires these things. And that's where the body comes in is that there are certain folks that you will reach that I can't. There are certain uh, skills that, that you have that I don't. Because Christ transcends any one person. That yes, as individuals, we grow into our Christ-likeness, but also, collectively, we grow that as well. And so, if, if you're watching this and you're not plugged into a local church body, actively seek out a local body to plug into. And now, when I say plugged into, you know, especially in this pandemic, what we're learning is that there's more to being a part of a body than just showing up, right? Showing up on Sundays, although that's a big part of it, is that the church is not a place as much as the people. A church is a body of believers that's growing up and reflecting Christ. And can Christ transcend a pandemic? Can Christ transcend the world? Yes, he can. And so, yeah, it might look a little bit differently of what is being plugged in look like, but it definitely looks like knowing people, growing closer to one another, and finding out how do we fit into Christ's body. 
And if you're still checking out this Jesus thing, if you're still like, yeah, I'm not really sure about this Christianity thing at all, well, being a part of the body is, is something that Christians, it's something for Christians. So first, you just focus on getting to know who Jesus is and, and uh, what he did for you. And then being plugged into the body thing, that help happens after, right? That happens after you're connected to the head and you realize Jesus is the head. So, biblically, again, a church is not a place you go, it's a people you belong to, where we actively and actually love one another and help one another grow into our identity. And that unity of faith and that unity of purpose is to grow into Christ. But in case you think that that unity means that we're all supposed to be exactly alike, well, verses 11 through, 7 through 11 describe different gifts being given and working within the body. So verse 7 says this, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine by human cunning by craftiness and deceitful schemes so that last verse in verse 14 it says we're unlike children, right? We're supposed to mature. We're not supposed to be like children. Children, we, you know, as I said, we don't, when we're children, we don't really know who we are. We're running to and from trying to figure out, am I this, am I that? Well, our unity and our identity as Christ's body, it gives us a maturity and a stability as we continue to grow towards Christ-likeness. And verses 11 through 7 through 11 describe different gifts that have been given and working within the body to bring believers to maturity. And that quotation of Psalm 68:18, that the one where he ascended on high and led a host of captives and gave gifts to men, it's a lot of interpretive difficulties with that, but basically it's the same thing that we see in other places, and that is when Christ rose to God's right hand, he then poured out his spirit. We see this in Acts chapter 2, 1 Corinthians 12, on his body so that we would be supernaturally empowered to reflect him in all that we do. And so that as a community, the, the, the Christ's body, his hands and feet, could continue to extend Christ's reign, his family, his kingdom throughout the earth. That's a part of what Christ has done. He's given us these gifts. And he's given us these gifts in order to accomplish something bigger than we can accomplish by ourselves. World-altering things. And just as a physical body needs many different parts to run, or to jump, or to have a conversation, each part is different, but each part contributes to the unified goal of achieving whatever the head calls it to do. 
So a foot alone cannot run, right? It needs the knees. It needs the lungs that are filling with oxygen to, to give to the blood, and the blood supplies that to the different parts. You see, all of these different parts work together. And that's where it's important to understand unity is not uniformity. That the unity is in our common faith. The unity is in our one God and one spirit. But that does not mean we're all exactly alike, just like our bodies are not, don't have all the same parts. But they all are to work together, and they all depend on one another to grow. And God placed some people in the body that specialize in building it up and helping it to grow into maturity through the, the teaching of the faith. So as, as verse 11 says, pastors and, and shepherds and teachers build up the body by equipping God's people to carry out the ministries of the church so that the body can be built up and reflect Christ in its unity and mission. And so I'm a pastor in addition to being an angel. And so my job is to, is not to make you look more like me, but to make you look more like Christ. See, that's the goal. It's not to make everyone the same. It's really to help people grow into Christ and then allow Christ to work in the different people in different ways that transcend any one person. Because if people think of Second Baptist Church and they think of me or someone else, then that is so small, they need to think of Christ. And the only way we do that is with each part of the body working in different ways so that we transcend God. I mean, we don't transcend God. We transcend our little, um, small kind of concepts of, of, uh, of what church is and we start to reflect Jesus. That's what it looks like to um, really grow and mature into our body. Because that is the goal. So let's look at the last couple of verses. Verses 15 and 16. So instead of being like children tossed to and fro, it says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds up itself in love. So what's the goal there? The goal is that we would grow up in every way into the head, into Christ. So see that the goal of Christian living isn't to gain more biblical knowledge of trivia. It's not to do a certain set of rituals. It's to grow up into the head. It's so that we would reflect Christ, that every day people would say, both as a church and as individuals, wow, you're more like Christ today than you were yesterday. Amen. You see, so many times we want to sort of reduce our Christian faith or the work of our church into a certain checklist of things. 
so that if we can check on this thing, we say, okay, that's, that's what I'm supposed to do. But the Bible says that really the goal of Christian living is to grow up to the head, that we would be more like Jesus. So when the Apostle Paul says, I urge you, brothers, um, therefore, to, by the wishes of God, to, to step into that identity, to step in, to be walk in a way that's worthy of the calling that you've been called, to walk in a way where you're reflecting the identity, you're growing into your identity, really what that means is that we're growing to be more like Jesus. And so maybe you're here today or you're watching online and your idea of Christianity has been kind of, well, maybe ritualistic. Like, if I do these certain set of things, that's what God wants me to do. Or maybe it's sort of been mental in that you're thinking, all right, if I believe this certain checklist of things, well, then maybe we need to repent of that and say, no, what my goal is, what God is calling me to do is to step into my identity and become more like Jesus. That's my goal. And that's why, by the way, the beginning, the Apostle Paul stresses those character qualities. Why? Because that's what it looks like. When we are growing as Christians, we'll be more humble because Jesus was humble. We'll be more loving because Jesus was loving. But that's also why, by the way, we grow in community. Because we believe in a God who is a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so if we're going to be growing more to reflect God, of course we're going to grow in community because God is a community. He's a community of oneness. And so he fills us with his spirit so we're empowered because we can't. I'll speak for myself, but I've been a pastor for a while, so I guess I could speak for you. We can't grow to be more like Jesus just through our own willpower, just through trying harder, now we need the power of the Spirit, but everything God requires, He provides. So the good news is that, yes, you're called to grow into Christ's likeness, but the good news is you don't have to rely on your own power. You don't have to rely on just, again, trying harder. You can rely on the Holy Spirit to bring you to that place of maturity. But make no mistake, the place that you're supposed to go, that I'm supposed to go, is being more like Jesus. And so what do you need to do? How does it, will it look in your life to grow to be more like Christ? What will it look like? Well, it'll look like something like we're doing right now whether it's online or here, is that you realize in order to grow to be more like Christ, you do that in the context of a local body. And in fact, maybe you're here and you're like, ah, my growth has been stunted. I've been having such trouble growing to be like Jesus. Well, maybe it's because you're not growing in community. You see, we buy into, see, our culture affects us. And our American individualistic culture often says, yeah, it's just you and Jesus in your Bible. That's all you need. Maybe that's all you need to start, but it's not all you need to grow up into all you meant to be. Just like, you know, I wanted to be a lawyer. I couldn't do that with just me and a couple law books. I would need a community pouring into me and, and, and helping me grow into that identity. And definitely that was the case with being a ninja. 
I have my sensei and all of that, my throwing stars, all of it. But the, you see, the point is, is that who, God is calling you to this new, wonderful identity as his child. And we don't have to run around wondering, what does that look like? We have Christ. We can look at Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, faith and say, yeah, I want to grow in him. And we do that in community, but we also do it by keeping our eyes on Christ, not being distracted by all of the things that come and go. And so what commitments do you need to make today? Maybe it's to his body, a local church body, whether it's this one or some other one. Um, and maybe you need to move the goalposts too, in the sense that you've been trying to live your life with a checklist Christianity. Instead say, no, I want to, my goal is to be more like Jesus. Whatever the case is, make that commitment to God today and then ask him to empower you to do it. Let's pray. Dear God, we come before you and first of all, we repent of just trying to do things on our own and trying to be a Christian by following checklists or whatever. Lord, help us to grow in you. Show us how, Lord, we can step into who you called us to be. Holy Spirit, would you move about this place? Speak to our hearts. Lord, for those watching online, that you'd speak to their hearts. And everyone would, Lord, realize what steps they need to take towards you. And Lord, we thank you that you've given us your power to change us and transform us. Lord, we pray we'd be more like you, would reflect you as both individual Christians as a church. Lord, work in us. Do that in us. We pray this in Jesus' name.